Hi, welcome to the Anime Bar. I'm Jimsta. I'm Alley Cat. And we're two friends who love cocktails, love anime, and decide to do a podcast all about it. Each month we do a different anime, this month being Psychopaths. And each week we have a different cocktail to go along with the episodes we just watched. So, Alley Cat, what's this week's cocktail? This week we're putting a coconut twist on a tequila sunrise. This tropical drink will make you reflect on the horrible crimes you see committed in this week's ep- episodes. I call it sun yes this is a perfect drink to tell your children secrets about your past too and very coconut so i'm enjoying it if you want to try out the recipe it's posted on our tiktok at the anime bar and if you make this at home we would love to see your pictures so please stitch us on tiktok or tag us on instagram or twitter drink up and let's get started this week we are covering episodes 12 through 17 be warned there will be spoilers if you haven't seen these episodes yet They're streaming on Funimation. The following is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. So we're going to start with episode 12, Devil's Crossroad. We flash back to three years ago to see how Yayoi joined the MWPSB. I'm glad that I finally learned her name. It took me this many episodes, but now that they said it eight times, I've got it down. Yeah, because the blue-haired girl, she she says, like, Yayoi, like, randomly. (laughs) So that's the only way I caught it, too, is this episode. But this is pretty much a filler episode. If you really, like, I guess, care about Yayoi and wanted to know why she joined the team, this is this is that episode. So we start off with, I don't want to say her name again, but <laughs> Yayoi. Um, and she's, like, at this, this concert and everything, and her nails are all, I guess she cracked her nails. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I keep seeing this over and over. I didn't know, like, you could, like, break your nails while playing guitar. Isn't that a rock thing, though? Like, Yayoi is, like, rock musician. I feel like that's heavy. Like, that's rock and roll, right? To have your nails, like, be all kind of not in pristine shape. I don't know. The only time that I've seen this is with, like japanese stuff like i was watching that old enough and like one of the dads like plays guitar or whatever and he was like stressing about like keeping his fingers like nice or whatever like having band-aids while he was doing whatever the task he was doing i this i'm not a musician so i don't know i don't well i played violin for a while like all of my school life and i would get calluses on my fingers from holding Mm -hmm. down the strings maybe that's kind of it I don't know. Yeah. Yayoi kind of meets this blue haired uh, woman and she she's like, oh, I thought you took care of your nails. So she starts like painting her nails and everything. And then we kind of, I guess, flash forward and she wakes up and she's in like one of the mental facilities, the one that we saw like Skull Dude in. But I think it's probably like a lower security one. And um, we have Ginaza. He's trying to convince Yayoi to join them. But this is like pre. Oh, no, wait. You said Ginaza. But it's. Wait, am I jumping ahead? I thought Kogame was there too. No, he goes back a second time. Oh, Ginoza visits her twice? Yeah. Uh. Um. Anyways, I guess that was your input for that. That was. That's uh, all. Uh, I'll come back when Kogame is involved. So anyways, and we see kind of through this, like this scene that like she kept requesting over and over uh, these guitar strings, but she's not allowed to have them, which kind of like, I guess, go figure. 
Like, if you're in a jail or a mental facility, they don't want you to, like, have anything. But that skull guy had, like, tons of magazines and artwork around him. This whole place doesn't make sense. Because... Oh, no. I will I will say, though, like, she had the strings already. Like, she broke the strings she had. She's requesting new strings. So, like, I, I'm wondering if it's, like, because she wants, like, won't hurt herself with the strings. But they allowed it in there already. I didn't catch that. That they allowed that before? Well, she was like, my strings have been broken. Like, my strings are broken. I can't play anymore. That's why she requested replacement ones. Oh, so it must have been, like, on the guitar she took in there, and then she couldn't get new ones? I guess so. Or I wonder if it's, like, if your crime coefficient is this level, you can't have certain items. And if you can I don't get know. lower, maybe. But apparently, know. like, she, because she got, like, angry, but it wasn't, like, out of control angry. And then they, like, gassed her. But then on the other side, like, they had showed a dude that was, like, banging his head against the wall until he was bleeding. Like, he was bleeding and just kept banging his head. And they didn't gas him. So it really doesn't make sense to me. I mean, like I've said, this whole anime, this system is broken. So after she gets gassed and then, um, you know, wakes up and everything, uh, we have Kogumi now is visiting with, well, we see Ginaza first and she's like, I already told you I don't want to join. And he's like, it's not for that. And Kogumi sits down and he's already talking about a case to her. Yeah, because um, wherever she played her rock music or wherever her band was playing is the same district that's being targeted by, like, I believe, bombs. And so Ginaza leaves. And I kind of like the, so we see Saseyama, like we've heard about him this whole time. We've had like little flashbacks, but we get to see him a little more. And he asks, you know, where Kogami is. And Ginaza kind of says like, oh, well, she might be more receptive to, to Kogami than me. So I love like Saseyama's like, is this the way, is this your way of admitting you're like a charmless bastard? Which kind of true, because Ginaza's a real asshole. I don't know. I don't want to defend Ginaza, but maybe he's just chew by the books. No, he's kind of a dick. He says dick things, like, even more so in these episodes, I feel like. But it's interesting, because this is... Oh, wait, are we pre-Kogame being a enforcer? Or is this... I couldn't understand if he was in a... Yeah, this is... Because Saseyama's around, so remember, Saseyama was his enforcer. Okay, yeah. So, this is... It's really... I mean, this is a brief episode, but it's really interesting seeing Kogame not... Koga may be a detective. I guess it's kind of the same as him as an enforcer, but it's cool seeing it the other way. Kogami like it convinces her to to kind of temporarily join the team and help them on this case. And then she has another flashback and we see that Yayoi is like as she was like getting her nails painted, another like I guess her bandmate comes up and she's like, Hey, you can't interact with unauthorized artists. So here we see that there's authorized artists, and then there's, like, I guess people illegally playing. So Yayoi is authorized, and Rina is the blue-haired girl. She's not. This is what we learned from the flashback. I think that's pretty interesting that you have to be approved to be an artist. Because it feels like, you know, you would just make art, but you can't. And you can't even interact with other people who are, like, unapproved artists or unauthorized artists. And it feels like that wouldn't the government have more control over this? People are playing gigs at shows. Shouldn't they know if the band is authorized or not? I don't know. I I honestly don't know what unauthorized means. Like, I don't know if it's illegal for them to play or, like, if it just means that their music is, like, a risk for your coefficient, like, going up. So, like, people might not want to go. I don't know what it means. They don't really go deep into it. I think it's because, like, how passionate you get about something. Like, and they check... Like, you know, they do those tests and they're like, oh, your hue is like this and you'll be able to do these things. 
I think if people's hues are more susceptible to being overtaken by what they're passionate about and they become obsessed about certain things, then their hue gets cloudy and then they can't be authorized for this because then your hue will get cloudy. Yeah, but I guess what I mean is I don't know what that means for them playing to the public. Like if it's really illegal or like what it means exactly. I know that we learned like with the skull skull guy and then what's the... the specimen killer the girl the popular girl's father that eventually like some like artists weren't allowed to do their work anymore because then it would like change other people's hues i don't know if this applies to musicians it could it seems like it would but i don't know they have now they have yeah yayoi she joins the team and she pretty much tells them like the normal places because apparently these these concerts just pop up which might explain why the government can't control it or they know what's happening because it's an abandoned district so she said it's it's normal for like one day for there to be a concert and then like the next day or within the next hour it's totally abandoned you know you don't even know that a concert happened there so she helps them kind of narrow down some of the establishments that that were getting bombed and like what the next place might go be so they end up they go on a stakeout they send in Maka, makaoka and sasayama and then they're inside the bar and I just Maka Oka I just love him I love him inside the bar yeah Maka Oka's having like a good time I feel like Sasayama was kind of like taking it because he he eyes like the people that are like holding a bag and and just kind of standing there for a while but Maka Oka when they do a check-in he says uh they're like hey do you see anything unusual and he says there's nothing unusual here except for the girls I gotta come here more often oh man and now after watching certain episodes, I'm like, what an interesting thing to say. <laughs> he just seems like he's like the pervy old man a little bit. But from this, so y- Yayoi was like, well, it seems like he's having fun. And so throughout this whole episode, they're going to kind of keep pressuring her. You know, it feels like Sunday special, but on why they sh- she sh- should join the police. And so they, uh, Ginoza tells her, look, people get used to their environments quickly. And that's why a lot of people don't get out of those mental facilities because they've gotten used to that facility and it messes up their hues somehow like when you when you kind of get used to shit then you stay in that shit state all the time so kogami gives yayoi a dominator and ginaza hates that of course but he tells her like here here's it you know basically like this you're when you're in those facilities like that you get everything taken away from you so here is what the takers use and he gives her the, the dominator to use very risky move giving her a do- well i mean she has no history of violence but i feel like very risky i'm on Gino's side, Gino's side on this one well i don't think that i mean <laughs> Because remember, even like when you point it at someone, it's still going to register like their their hues. So she can't really like kill anybody innocent, I guess. Yeah. Well, she just runs off with it. What is she supposed to do with it? Like just go kill people know. with high yeah, crime go, coefficients? Yeah. Do the job that they want her to do, but on her own terms. <laughs> so we kind of like pan back into the thing. And I just got to say, Rita's band sucks. Like... I know that, like, Yayoi is kind of, like, reflecting on her and everything, but, like, that Trigger Finger song that they're playing, I'm like, that's terrible, terrible music. This is why she's not an authorized artist. Well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Well, I already know your music, (laughs) your music taste sucks, so. Well, I have impeccable music taste. You do not. You think the One Punch Man openings is bad? It's not a banger. You think that the Inuyasha, the I Am opening is bad? No, that's definitely not a banger. That song is so, like, all the lyrics are, like, jumbled up in the middle. It's, like, that's that's too much. No, anybody that hears that beginning line, it instantly brings joy to them. This is where you should insert it. 
it just at the beginning. And now I play the full song right here. <laughs> so again, as usual, we end up splitting into two two groups. So Sasayama, he he confronted one of the people that was like holding the bags, and they end up like throw throwing a, a Maltov cocktail. So then of course everybody's panicking, and they're like, "Damn it, Sasayama!" One of the cr- one of the criminals ends up taking a girl hostage because in this anime we're always going to take women hostage. I don't know why it's constant like violence against women, but that's what they do. And then Yayoi, because Rina's the one that was on stage and she took off, Yayoi goes after Rina. And does she already know about this? Like, they end up in a tunnel. Like, she finds finds this back tunnel thing. Does she already know about the tunnel since she's played at this club before? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, I mean, she went directly there. Probably, because don't they, like, come in and set up, like, if, they, if they're going to, like, these pop-up things, they've probably, like, staked out the place and, like, escape routes and stuff. Rina's stuff is kind of going on the side. Like, there's a lot of conversation going on. We have uh, Saseyama and Kogami, and we get to kind of see them as, like, a team. Uh, the guy has, has a woman hostage, and they can't shoot because it keeps reading the hostages coefficient. And so one of them, and I can't remember, I think I wrote it as Saseyama, but I really can't remember. One of them distracts the criminal. Like, I think they threw the gun at him or threw a bottle at him, and, like, he moved the hostage. Like, he threw the hostage away, and then... Uh, uh, the other one was able to come in and shoot him from the side. I do believe it's Kogame that shoots him, and Sasayama does a distraction. So you're oh, correct. Yeah. So then on the side, we have the conversation with with Rina, and she's basically trying to convince Yayoi. And um, she says, like, well, you know, when they took you away, like that's when I realized like the civil system was messed up. I had to do something about it. Yeah, because we find out that Rina is the bomber girl, or like the bomber leader. Of yeah. The group. And then she explains like their thoughts about the civil system and how the civil system can't control what our passions are. And this is why I think that she wants to be a musician, but she can't because the civil system won't allow it because it won't authorize her as an authorized musician. And then mm-hmm. she's seen it take away people from her life. So she's so angry. And I mean, like, I feel just justified right i mean we don't bomb people but i I can understand her feelings i don't i didn't like that she was like i mean because i mean she's a musician right so she's way into her own music and so she was like with our music with our sound we can change their hearts and minds and i'm just kind of like yeah with your shitty music you can change people's hearts and minds okay do you think if she had like a really hot like banging song i don't know why i keep saying banger i'm sorry it's i can't get it out (laughs) of my mind but really like if her song was a bop do you think like you ch- you would have a change of tune? You'd be like, maybe Raina can save the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, because like I don't know, music hasn't saved the world yet. So we I mean, found the we're right not in. Song. Yeah, Bill and Ted, they haven't <laughs> haven't found yeah. their song to change the world. Well, I haven't seen the third movie. No spoilers. So maybe they do. Oh, they do. Oh, well, no spoilers. Okay. Well. <laughs> I mean, with that type of movie, you know that they eventually do. <laughs> but at this moment, yeah, Yayoi has to make like a decision you know let reyna escape or take her in and she ends up pulling the trigger on her but the gun doesn't work the little like you know the gun talks to you so it was like oh like this is not an authorized user and reyna gets away and what a moment like i don't know if you ever had any of these moments where you're like it's like a mic drop but then everything goes wrong and the other person's like wow you were about to do that to me really that's like that moment like you were gonna really shoot me yeah but i mean this was kind of yaoi's turn point you know um i think kogami even says it that the fact that she was willing to pull the trigger kind of shows the direction she's headed now because she could have easily ran away with yaoi 
or with Rena. And I mean, it beats like if to, for me to have the option of live my life in the cell or live my life outside, but shoot criminals. I think I'm gonna pick shoot criminals. Yep, and that's the way. So when the episode ends, we see Yayoi. She um, is kind of like she's in a suit now, as the as the other people, and uh, she leaves behind her guitar string and nail polish in her little cell. And I feel like that was like symbolic, like she's leaving behind that part of her. I feel I'm that's sad to me though, like. Do we really have to, like, does she really have to give up her passion? I think that, like I said, I think it was symbolic. I mean, she probably still plays guitar somewhere else. But, like, those exact, it's something, they kept, like, zooming in on that name brand of that, the strings. So I kind of wonder if they have, they're tied to Rena too, like the nail polish is. You think that's the same bottle of nail polish she gave her? Or, like, she keeps reordering the nail polish? I don't know. I don't know how long they've known each other. Like, how much time passed between each one. But, I mean, a bottle of nail polish lasts for, like, a long time. Time. I hope that it's more than like a week. If Raina's like, and when they took you away from me, I went crazy. And it's like, she's like, I've only been gone for five days. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, we there's some issues here. We, I mean, that girl seems crazy enough <laughs> that that could happen. I mean, Yayoi was obsessed with her in her mind, but still like to be like, and then I started bombing people because you've been away from me for 24 hours. I'm like, oh, okay, I mean, red flags. She seems kind of like the manic, you know, dream dream pixie girl character that everybody does. It's just this this very alluring, you know, usually their hair color is dyed, you know, crazy. And, you know, they have like crazy ideas and they're very whimsical. And that's like, that's like a trope people like to like follow because this is the person that's like going to change your life. But often those people end up like, they end up being disappointed by that person because then they see the other side of them or like the real side of them. Well, I guess it is interesting because Reyna did kind of change her life she pointed her in the direction of being an enforcer yeah true but i think that leads us into episode 13 which is called invitation from the abyss akane is the only one who has seen makashima's face and lived to tell the tale but the only way to kind of get the face picture from her is to go into her memories which might cost her her crime coefficient going up we also learn crazy secret about ginoza so we start off we have um ginoza with his therapist but she had a pretty attractive therapist like oh my gosh <laughs> for like a for like a random background character they drew him very well i don't know why man someone is thirsty over here i guess it was so quick but anyways and they pretty much discuss like gina's as option options because his crime coefficient has continued to get worse yeah it's gone up seven points and i don't know like if seven's a lot because it's like what 300 is your crime your criminal i don't even know what his is to begin with disregard this <laughs> it's like 100 to 200 and then 200 to 300 there's, there's like levels or something like that they never talk about anyone's going down though yeah i mean i think that's the point is that like once it goes up like they even said in the, in the last episode most people don't get out of the facility akane's clears up one, sometimes hers gets foggy and then they say that it's cleared up more later but is that is that the same as crime coefficients yes like the color of your hue yeah then why, why do we have so many names for like the same thing i think one's like more more specific and then the other is like a general like you can get a general reading so if you know you're like if your color turns cloudy then you know like something's wrong i feel like it should just be the number system because then you can be like oh you've gone up two points then you're like oh okay maybe they're not as familiar as like to what the points mean either you know like i feel like there's things in like real life that we use multiple like maybe police would use one definition and then the public uses another the police use both 
of these definitions, though. Yeah, because it's part of their, like, how they talk. Okay. Like, that's just, just part of their life. I don't know. Pick, pick one or the other, psychopaths. He kind of talks to him about, like, hey, like, why don't you, you know, maybe start talking to to your girlfriend. And Ginza, of course, doesn't have a girlfriend. And then he's like, well, what about your parents? And he's like, well, I only have one parent that's alive. And there's, like, a good reason for not talking to him. And then we flash over to Ginza and the chief. Yeah, and they're kind of discussing about the Makashima incident. And it's like, I'm really glad to be back on that. But it does seem weird to have that filler episode in between two things that seem like they should be back to back. Yeah, they do it at such an odd time. The chief is trying to convince Ginza to change his report about what happened with Makashima. And it's a kind of a long conversation. So I don't think we need to get too detailed into it. But basically, it was how she convinces him is that the Sybil system, if it looks like that it has fault, then the public is going to lose faith in it. So something like this happening is going to scare the public and she reveals to him that the previous specimen killer actually had like the same thing going on as as makashima they told the public that he he got away he ran away because remember kogami's been like looking for him for all these years well turns out the government got rid of him quietly she she also brings up like it could be like human error or something like that about like akane not able to use the dominator correctly and i was in my mind i'm like those are basically self-use guns the dominators yeah that's her way of like trying to say like if you wanted to use an excuse you can kind of say this so maybe she just wasn't pointing at the right thing or pointing at i don't know that that was like the chief's like sneaky way of of trying to like be like a change this thing but at the end she convinces kino's like to kind of change up his report slightly yeah and then she she makes sure to emphasize that they want makashima alive like that like pretty much like it's his job to like make sure that makashima comes in alive but it's also not because then i think they took them off of like doing uh public investigations because if makashima gets taken in or if he's killed then it becomes a thing i guess in the news or it's more public but if he's not killed they can kind of uh i was gonna say scoop it but like brush it under the rug like they did with the specimen case killer yeah i didn't really catch i didn't catch her saying that or are you just like theorizing that's why she wants that well yeah, that's why I'm theorizing that's what she wants. Because she's like, don't kill Makashima. Like, it's so... she Like you said, she emphasizes it so much that it's like, okay, well... She was not menti- really saying why. She was mentioning during that speech, like, to be able to study to study him. And I guess they had also studied, like, the other guy with the specimen case. So they talk about how, like, this is, like, really rare for somebody's coefficient to happen like this. I feel like, though, at one point, it's just like, but if you have to kill him, you have to kill him. You know, isn't that what, like, a normal, like, situation someone would be like bring him in alive if you can but if you can't then like we, you gotta do what you gotta do yeah i mean the chief is definitely acting pretty suspicious we kind of cut away and kogame is in the hospital still recovering yeah so kogami like remember he got hurt in the episode i'm gonna say last episode but it's just because i'm skipping <laughs> the weird rock and roll one so in the last episode kogami has all those like fatal wounds so he's still in the hospital and akane is there and they kind of talk like he can they confirm like yeah the funeral happened and it's a lot of like flashback scenes to the cafe and then it happens later on too and i'm like why is that your only memory of like your close friend is just that one cafe scene well they didn't want to animate any other <laughs> flashback they're like they how many it... scenes has she been in? <laughs> they do it so much like they use that one scene like a ton of time they saved like a ton of money on animation oh yeah uh, they were like what other scenes has she been in they were like well akane had lunch with her twice so 
that diner that they're always eating at. The yeah, that but that's the one that like when they were like a group and they were talking about like her being in the job or whatever when she was in trouble initially. That's the one scene that they keep going back to. Like when she, the friend was dying, that's the one scene she thought of. Now she's flashing back to that same scene, and then later on she'll flash back to that same scene, and it's just like you have to have more memories than that. Isn't that selfish though? Because it's her memories of her friend, and she's like, my only memories of you are when you're talking about my problems. Yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about me. Um, but, yeah. So I kind of find it weird. So she pretty much, Kogami's like, oh, well, you look like you're doing better. And she's like, well, you know, I I'm, I don't have time to mope around or like I'm tired, you know, I can't just sit here and, and mope about it. And like, so she seems so like over it. We know she's not over it, but it kind of, it borders on, I wonder if being optimistic and then not having empathy are kind of like a thin line in between. Because this is something that should have messed somebody up and she's just like nope I just want to go after Makashima now like I'm fine she's dead it happened now let's go get Makashima I don't know I feel like this is more like a coping mechanism like I can't focus on this or it's gonna upset me so I need to focus on what I can do it what I can do is hunt this unhuntable guy I mean I guess you can't be too upset about somebody that you only have one memory with I mean she has more than that they ate (laughs) lunch twice and she has the memory of her being murdered it's like three memories. The team isn't able to do a public investigation now. And they talk about a, an elite team taking over, but I don't, I never saw that there is an elite team doing anything about it, which I guess is probably the point for the chief. But anyways, since they can't do an, a public investigation, Akane has decided to do like this thing called a memory scoop and like everybody is like concerned that it's gonna mess up her crime coefficient because she has to relive that scene again but i feel like this is the only thing they can't do like she's the only person who has seen makashima and like he's like i'm makashima this is my face you've seen me and you're still alive no one else has seen makashima's face Knowingly, knowing that it's him. So she's the only one that can have her memory scooped. And I think that's why they end up going, they go with it, but they kind of keep saying like, you know it's one of those like are you sure like i don't think you should do this but i mean she's determined they even compare her to um kogami uh, like how he was obsessed with the specimen killer during all those years so she's kind of got that that same look isn't that red flags though like well and i think that's we why also they're... how kogame ended up no one was like we need to stop you er- Aaron was like, are you sure you want to do this? She's like, okay. And they're like, okay. Oni Kogame was like, don't do this. Yeah, but I feel like we don't, we also don't see like the background conversations they had before. Cause it seemed like something that they all were discussing. Cause uh, Kagari is the one that tells Kogame, he goes to the hospital and tells him like, hey, this is happening. And that seems like his way to like, to stop her too. Like he, he was like, oh, well, she's not going to listen to us. Maybe she'll listen to Kogami. I mean, he doesn't go there though. What do you mean? He doesn't go stop her. He goes to the office and like oh yeah i mean he tried to call her and she she ignored the call i mean you can't take calls right before a mind scoop that's like (laughs) protocol so it ends up working her her risk you know turns out to be a good thing and they're able to capture a clear image of him so then that's when we have kogami he goes you know he's out of the hospital i thought that they didn't get an image because like you could see uh i don't remember her name i have it later in my notes but the computer lady and there's like on her screen is kind of the percentage of the picture being filled in or like how much until we get a good picture of makashima and it's not done yet 
and she's like, her hue's getting all cloudy. We need to unplug her now. And they unplug her. And I was like, wow, they didn't even get the picture. But luckily they did. I guess that bar means nothing. So this is where we have Kogami. He He's finally back in the office. Like he jokes that he um, threatened one of the doctors. But they're they're kind of talking about the, the risk that it happened. And I liked... And I'm bringing the scene up because I liked what um, Coggery said. He said, you know, it's 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 not every day your co-worker is a cute girl with balls of steel. And I'm just like, how does it feel, Jimsta, to have a cute girl with balls of steel as your co-host? When I get that co-host, I will let you know. <laughs> you set yourself up for that. I, I knew it was coming. Um, So with that image, they're able to go back to Xion. That's the computer lady. I don't know if they did it to her with her or if they did it themselves. But they basically pull up like that. Hey, like now with this image, uh, we are able to track where Makishima's been and they connect him to all the other murders. And then they also put out an alert so that if he's caught on one of the cameras and they should be the first to know. I also like at going back a little bit, Kinoza slaps Akane really hard to snap her out of uh, like after she gets her mind scooped, she's kind of still in this weird state. He's like, whack. And there's like that mark on her face. Like they animated like the hit mark on her. <laughs> I think he was a little bit panicking because he like kept calling her name, but I don't think he really had to hit her that hard. I felt like he could have shaked her and it would have been the same effect. I think maybe he's been wanting to smack her. I do. I do think that as well. But (laughs) she doesn't take it as like an attack. She's like, thanks. I needed to be like, or is she like, did we get the picture? Something like, she's like, okay, you smacked me, but do we succeed? And they did. Yeah. So then we kind of flash over and we have uh, Ginaza and Makaoka. And apparently this is like a rare moment, like, uh, Ginaza doesn't like to be with Makaoka alone too much, but Ginaza wants to know how Akane is able to keep her crime coefficient so low. Like, even after seeing her friend murdered in front of her and then having to relive it, she's able to bounce back. And I kind of liked what Makaoka said when he said, like, she just accepts things the way they are. She sees, it's like she sees society how it is and she forgives it and then she moves on. And that, I don't know why, like, that that kind of touched me. Like, it's a hard thing to do, but I can see how, like, you can find peace from that. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, I guess it's that thing, like, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can change. You just have to accept that this is how things are. And I guess that does bring her somewhat some peace. Well, it keeps her hue clear. Then they talk about, basically, how Makaoka became a latent criminal, and and it, and it goes with that. He couldn't accept things as, as they were. The new technology was coming in and he felt like it was replacing him as a as a detective and he grew angry about it and angry about how society was going and this anger was like so much that it destroyed him and his family and this is where we reveal that his uh he is Ginaza's father I screamed I screamed and I texted you right away I was like oh my god yeah. and it's there I feel like there was no hints at it at all because the way they interact doesn't feel like father son at all no but you do know that they have something in the past i just thought that they've been working together for a long time yeah but you kind of know that there's like you know tension and then i hinted to y'all i hinted last episode when he got thrown i was like there's a reason why this was like so much more significant and it shook him because like imagine like your dad is like standing up for someone else and angry enough to like toss you across the room i mean if anyone tossed me across the room i'd be shook (laughs) i mean yeah but i feel like especially like your father and somebody that, like, 
like y- like clearly they don't have a great relationship but i guess this is kind of more understanding why no one else freaked out you know i feel like if another enforcer did that there'd be like consequences oh definitely definitely i think that his father gets kind of like you know a pass on saying shit that pisses him off more than anybody else which makes sense so that's the end of that episode and then we have a quiet you know the sun setting over the city and i really like that scene and that's what i i based the uh drink off of was the sunset because if you notice this anime is like it's like batman it's it's really dark and i'm not talking about like the plot but just like the way they animate they have like really dull colors and then when they do want to show off colors they're like very bright so like the dominators right they're a very bright blue in contrast to how they animate the thing and i think that's what i i love the most about psychopaths is the artwork the art style is very interesting i i like the crispness of it uh it's definitely different than the last two animes we just watched so it's a lot of fun and what a beautiful sunset so that brings us into episode 14 sweet poison multiple crimes start happening around the city where the assailants are wearing helmets and the the civil system is unable to read their crime coefficient i say that they're able to read it but it doesn't seem like it's an accurate reading for what's happening when so we open up with i guess a hospital or some kind of pharmacy and yeah it's a pharmacy this guy's gonna rob it didn't these things look like chancy's the there little was panda like, things at the desks. At the desk. What I noticed was the random sexy robots that were along the wall. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what every pharmacy needs is like a sexy robot. It wasn't well, like could- they were like women. Like the robots were robot looking. It wasn't like they were. What? No, they were women against the wall. Like you see, it's like these two, like they're wearing like a tube top and like a kind of nurse's outfit. You can't tell me that that wasn't meant to look sexy. But I mean, like they didn't have women's faces. They were like these purple yeah. robots. No, they had women's faces. I think you're not thinking the same robots as me. I'm going to... All right, you talk and I'm going to look this up. Okay. Um, so anyways, the man... A man enters like uh, the pharmacy. He has a helmet on. And he pretty much goes like... Some reason it's... Everything's just letting him in because it's all automatic doors. But he gets to the back and he asks for like a certain medication. We don't see what it is. It's on a piece of paper. And they're like, hey, like you can't... You can't have these. Only doctors can have like... They call them neurotropic medicines and so he stabs the first one and then he stabs the other lady and we see that he's doing it with a pin and he's doing all of this in front of a camera and just nothing's happening to him so i'm still looking it up so um the team kind of goes there and and is investigating that and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of answers for it they're just kind of like well why wouldn't have read it is it the is it the helmet that he's wearing because it happened on camera so they're able to see that but in the meantime uh a woman is getting it this guy just he's wearing a helmet he passes by the woman and he just starts attacking her like he's and it's in front of like a crowded street in front of everyone. And it's pretty brutal. It's a brutal, like for me, I had to like, I've seen this before and I didn't remember that it was like that violent. So I kind of like skipped over those scenes because it's just him like ripping clothes off of her and beating her in this crowded street and everybody's watching. And then you have like the little helper robots, they come up and they're only talking to her and they're like, hey, your crime coefficient is is going up. Are you, you know, are you feeling sick? Are you in distress? Do you want to go to a doctor? And it's it's a very disturbing scene. It is. And by the way, everyone, Allie was right. The robots are sexy women looking robots. I just rewatched the scene. She is correct. I was wrong. As usual. This scene freaked me out, though. Uh, the scene we're talking about. Because literally no one is doing anything. This woman is getting murdered in the middle of the street, like with a hammer or 
some bludgeon item and people are just like looking at it and oh man i i see like there's one guy recording a video of it and i don't know why this upsets me but it feels so like this could happen today it has happened um it's like a whole there's and i forgot what it's called it's like the bystander effect or something like that so there's whole studies around this where like when something like so terrible is happening and like you're in a crowd of people those people in the crowd assume that somebody else is going to do something and they're kind of like it's like a fear response you're kind of just paralyzed by fear and then you think like well somebody else will do something um so it's another thing that i like about this anime is i feel like that the crimes aren't and the reactions aren't too far off from reality and this is why this anime gives me nightmares because it can happen (laughs) i don't know like i like true crime so this kind of works for me the robot though the robot is also like i just feel for this lady because you're getting murdered in a crowded area no one's doing anything and then a robot's like super friendly like like a happy voice while you're getting killed but like blaming like they're like your thing is high i recommend you get therapy right now it's like yeah i'm getting beat to death right now yeah it's it's really it's really disturbing so again like i said lots of like things are kind of happening at once with this anime and it makes sense to watch it but it's harder to talk about it so just a little side scene um these helmets and i never caught who that person was i don't know if it ever mattered but uh this person is like giving out helmets to like a group of like really shady looking people and then we kind of jump over to makashima who is like watching the video online and like every time they show i really wish they would stop like they showed that video like over and over and i was like man this is like a disturbing like the sounds were disturbing everything was weird about it but you can see like words that are flashing across the screen so the video obviously went viral and everybody's talking about it. Makashima's like monitoring monitoring it and he's also like talking to someone on the phone and you see how sick he is. I mean, we've already seen how sick he is. But he says on the phone, "Look, it's just one person killing another, that's all. It's nothing serious yet." I thought this was like a more reassuring thing. Like, don't worry, we're not going to get caught. It's just one person killing someone. Our plan is still good in action. That's how I took it. Yeah, is that still not disturbing? I mean, it is, but like, he's the evil villain, so. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. I I feel like it's just like, you know, one person dying isn't really like a big deal to him or, and it's not because we've seen him orchestrate tons of other murders, but it was just like a disturbing line to me. And in this, he also reveals how the helmet works. And I feel like we'll reveal that. I'll let the reveal happen when we talk about Kogami finding out. Oh, wait, he reveals um, it at this part? Because then I must have missed it. Because I found yeah. out the same moment that Kogame found out. Oh, no, he, like, explains it all. He has, like, a whole... This dude loves speeches. So he had, like, a whole speech and thing spiel going on. I think I block out things after something horrific happens in this anime. I'm <laughs> gone for, like, five minutes, and then I come back in. <laughs> so the things I'm going to talk about, they're not going to go in order, Jimmy. They're not going to go... <laughs> in order i'm just kind of like breaking it up to like the important parts of what it's jumped to because they do a lot of jumping around um so when do you they know eventually the order get... you're gonna go yeah there. no i was trying to so they eventually like they got they got an alert and they see like the video online and they're like oh shit like another murder and when they get there to investigate they're of course like why wouldn't why wouldn't anybody do anything and they kind of conclude like Oh, like these, uh, I guess the people around them had said that they didn't understand what they were seeing. So in this world, like these people are so sheltered. I don't think they see, you never really, like we've seen a bunch of crimes, but I don't think that's normal for the public. So seeing violence like that was just like super shocking for them. Like, and because if the civil system is doing its job right, then 
they should never see anything like this or learn about this kind of stuff. Man, mm-hmm. there's like probably no horror movies in this world. No, because like that the that artist his his work was like disturbing and they didn't allow that. So during this, Kogami he notes that the like the killer's hue matched the crowd's hue, and we kind of leave it at that. Um, on the side, we have a group of masked people who are attacking an armored car. We don't know why yet, but the team it splits into two. One's going to investigate the armored car. The other team is investigating the woman that ki- got killed on the street. Yes. He goes to, what's her name? Shion. He calls Shion. She's super busy. He flatters her into um, finding out who, like, who this lady knew, who around her had kind of hasn't been flagged or seems like they have suspicious activity. And they narrow it down to one co-worker. So they, once they enter his house, there's, like, pictures of her. It's like a, sh- like, shrine of her, like, through his entire house, but, like, of killing her. He even has, like, these mannequins set up in, like, lingerie. But you can tell, like, they've been beaten or stabbed or whatever man he he must have printed those pictures himself right it would have been flagged if someone else is printing that many pictures of another person yeah they looked like stalker pictures oh man but very creepy very creepy yeah very creepy he clearly was like fantasizing about the attack so they're they know they're at the right place and like kind of like as is like peeking around or looking around like he pops up and so kogami had his dominator pointed at him at this point and he kind of realizes something the the guy i think he got out of there he escaped but Kogami's like, hey, let me do something real quick. And he points his dominator at Akane. And this is where he figures out that he, the the killer's hue matched Akane's exactly. And he figures out that the helmet is actually choosing the clearest hue in the area. And then like reflecting that back to the scanners. Which is pretty clever. So I would have not figured that out. And I guess that's why I'm not a detective. <laughs> yeah. Um. And Makashima had given a radius. Like I think it was like, I don't remember, but he kind of went more into detail because he knows how the helmets work um so we kind of knew this by the time we got to the scene we're just waiting for the the detectives to catch up except for if you're jimsta who blacked out for five minutes i'm just i'm following kogame's storyline i ignore everything makashima says i want to be surprised so meanwhile uh oh so they decided to they said okay we need to get this killer we need to get him secluded into an area where he can't bounce other people's hues off so they can shoot him so they do they they chase him down they get him secluded and the helmet ends up choosing kogami's hue and so then they (laughs) they shoot him but because it's kogami's um range it only it only stuns him i love this moment because after they stun him uh because kogami uses the dominator and it's like a 282 and masaoka is like oh 282 yours has gone up a little bit and they're kind of joking about it and i love that these two people can joke about having like uh, his crime coefficient going up a little bit it's kind of like oh this system is messed up all we can yeah. do is laugh I feel like it's like you have to laugh so that you don't cry kind of thing. But he but, does say like, oh, well, I'm glad that it's it's only set to stun. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like these two guys have been around the block for a while because they both were former detectives. So they're kind of just like, they can laugh at these things. Like us probably would be upset about our crime coefficient going up, but they're just like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have the armored car guys and they seem to be uh, meeting with Makashima, but they decide that they're going to turn on him because they're shady people and he ends up kicking their butts and then he does like the most it's like a baller move but disturbing move he gets like the baseball bat and puts it in one of the guy's mouth and like smashes it down so it's almost like a reverse curb stomp with a baseball bat 
So, you know Makashima's down, like, when he talks about he wants to be in the game, like, you know he's got some moves. Oh, man, he's, like, a good fighter. I would say he's a very graceful fighter. The way he kicks and, like, punches, it's like like dancing almost. Oh, yeah, for some reason, like, the bad guys are always, like, super elegant, super graceful. And I think that brings us into episode 15, The Town Where Sulphur Falls. As the video of the woman being attacked goes viral, riots across town start to happen. It's up to our group to find a way to bring peace back to the city. So we already know that that video of the woman went viral because disturbing things do on the internet. Do you remember like back back in the early days, like in the 2000s? When it Are was you going to say like, some disturbing video? There was like, I'm not going to describe the disturbing videos, but it oh. was almost like common for disturbing videos to like be sent to each other. And then it was like even used as pranks, like. You would click on a link and it'd be like somebody getting beheaded and it's just like that was like that was like a normal thing. Okay, I guess. I I I don't know if you ever heard of this. It's like I I don't know. I think it's a meme, but have you heard of this thing called Goatsy? No. Don't Google it, but I don't I don't know how to describe it without it being gross. Well, it's a super gross thing. Don't Google it, anyone listening. (laughs) Dad, don't Google Goatsy. Now helmets are being passed around to like a lot of people and um, the helmet people just start committing crimes all around the city. And at the same time, the internet is going crazy and like it's filled with like these rumors and stuff. Like um, one guy kind of says, oh, did you know that if you basically kill, if you kill the helmet people, then your own crime coefficient goes down because you're like, you're doing the right thing. So rumors like that start spreading around, and this just incites riots all over the city. And non in non helmet people are also committing crimes now. But they're doing it in the like self defense of themselves, because so they say. Some of them kind of it looks like they just went out and like they crowded up and was like, oh well, let's go hit a helmet person, and then it turns into, well, I thought I saw that guy wearing a helmet, so let's go beat him up, and it it, it gets out of control. I mean, but at what point, because the police aren't helping you, because they can't help you, because they, they, like, if you aim your dominator at the helmet people, it reads a clear hue. So, then you get what off time, the street what point do you, you pick up arms? No, that elderly couple's house got broken into. Yeah, and then if you defend yourself there, then that's one thing. But then to go on the, out on the street and start beating people to death, like, not all the helmet people were attacking people. Like, some of them were just looting and stuff like that. So you can take being a vigilante too far. And that's what they started to do is like they they saw it as a free pass to do to do whatever they wanted as long as they use the excuse like, oh, we're we're fighting the helmet people. Well, tell Batman that. Batman does take it too far. <laughs> I love Batman, but like, man, some of these people are probably going to like suffer injuries for the rest of their lives. And they were just like robbing a store or something. Shouldn't rob stores. But I, this is interesting because we kind of get to see Magashima enjoy uh, the fruits of his labor slightly. Because he's kind of on looking at all the violence that is happening. And it's not just the violence. I think the violence is just like whatever to him. It's more of like the system being disrupted that he truly is enjoying. Yeah, so him and um Shegusan. Oh yeah, I just had to put this cup down. I didn't want a bunch of noise. Oh. So him and Shegusan, 
they're they're kind of having this conversation and it's it's kind of just uh revealing their plan like they have a like a master plan kind of going on but makashima kind of mentions this thing where he feels like you know a lot of people want nice things in life like they want you know like the best or whatever and he says he's like a man of the people and i don't believe that because every time we've seen makashima he's been like in a super wealthy setting i mean do you think he's when he says he's a man of the people it's like well no because he's never had a bad coefficient or hue yeah i think that i think he's delusional and i mean clearly he's you know there's something wrong with him if he wants to do like violent stuff like this but like to him he thinks oh because i'm willing to get my hands dirty or i'm willing to get in the into the game like that he understands the people but to to me it looks like he's just another rich person without a conscience it definitely is that thing where it's like i mean i can't disagree with makashima like the system is broken and he sees that the system's broken but yeah. he's like, this is the only way we can solve the problem. And and he, it's the way he goes about it. I mean, you can tell he thinks he's superior. And, you know, he, what's, is it being a psychopath? If you're like the, you're like the smart one and then you just don't have empathy. I can never, like, I don't ever remember the difference. You can oh, be, isn't that like you're a sociopath? Sociopath. Yeah, is sociopath that one or is it a psychopath? I think sociopath is you don't have empathy. Hi, this is Jim Sir doing the editing right now. And I realized that I got it wrong between the definitions of psychopath and sociopath. It was actually the other way around. So every time we say sociopath, we mean psychopath. And that is my bad. I got it wrong. So that means Allie got it wrong because she trusted me. So just inserting is this here. Back to your program. But you can still be, like, super successful on everything, right? And then the yeah. other one is that, like, you just, like, freaking lose your mind. Yeah, I believe so. Kind of. We're not therapists. We're not psychologists. We don't know. But if you do know, <laughs> please comment in our, yeah. in our Twitter. Let so, us fun, know. Fun fact about this scene. I Are they called Madeline's? Madeline's? The, the bakery treat? Yeah, Madeline's. Madeline's I never knew what they were before I saw this anime and then I saw him eating like these shell shaped treats and I was like what is that and I looked it up and because of this anime has started like my lifelong obsession with Madeline's oh they're okay I I love because I love I'm a tea drinker so I love like dipping them in tea and like taking a bite oh I I guess I like that they're lemony I like lemon flavor thing so oh i don't think they're all lemony mine are never lemony well a traditional madeline is lemon flavored i didn't know that i always just get like i don't try i've always had them like vanilla y tasting or are they supposed to be lemony they're supposed to be lemony like that's the recipe mind blown i didn't know that Mm, i've never had a lemony one sam's club sells some pretty good ones like if you want to buy them in bulk i got I got some really good ones from HelloFresh, and then I just keep it in the freezer and microwave it. Because like, they gave me a whole bag of it. HelloFresh, please sponsor us. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I use that, like, HelloFresh, you can use it when you're single, like me. <laughs> and you're not good at portioning meals. Um, yeah, HelloFresh. HelloFresh. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I put them in the microwave, and it's just, like, superior. Like, that's my favorite, like, when I'm like, I want something sweet. That's if my anything, I like. I mean, now we're off topic, but like, <laughs> I love tea with like cream in it. And I guess they call them biscuits over there, but they're cookies for us. But the thing is, they're not sweet cookies. They're yeah. They're kind of more flavorful and they're not sweet because you drink them with your tea. Like you have them with your tea. 
So they're not meant to be like a sugary snack. I enjoy that. We need more places like that here in the States. We we do. Like I love all I love most tea food. And then I recently discovered I love cucumber sandwiches. Oh gross. I used to think that. Like when I heard the concept of cucumber sandwiches, I was like, that's freaking nasty. But then when we did that we should probably cut this because it's like way off topic at this point. No, but we're anyway. keeping this all in. Unless we're over an hour at this point. <laughs> but when we uh, did that bridal party and it was at the tea place, that's where like I first had a cucumber sandwich. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of good. Shout out to Tawny. Shout out to Tawny. <laughs> Uh, well now i've lost <laughs> so oh, my we team is enjoying the fruits of his labor yep uh and then so we kind of flash over the entire police force gets called in it doesn't seem like it's very big though because they're like in this like auditorium kind of place and it's not it's like our team and then like maybe a few random characters in there it's not a lot of people i wonder if this is like the elite team she was talking about like is there only the like other people <laughs> is there only two teams <laughs> i do think so because later in the the episodes we watch, he's like, team one and team two. I so thought like, he was okay. talking about them, like, because they had split up at some point. No, there's like, uh, I think there's another team of, like, them, like, an enforcer, enforcers and detectives. But I think there's only two teams. <laughs> yeah, and um, so here, man, then that means they have even less grenades. So they, they say, like, okay, because the, the dominators don't work, they're going to use these, uh, and I always forget what the acronym for EMP is, electromagnetic something. Pulse. Pulse. Yeah, so they do some EMP grenades, and they only have enough for so that each person gets two. Everyone seems satisfied with that answer, though. They're yeah. like, how many grenades do we have? She's like, enough for each of us to have two. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. But then I guess it's like, I don't know. They don't have like an array of weapons. Well, because she's like, the dominators aren't working. So we got to use the stun batons. And then we have the grenades. And everyone seems okay with that. Yeah, they're just they're just cool with it. Which I guess we see later. Um, so we flash over, over and it's Shegusan and Makishima's there, I think. But they're passing out. Like now these are people who are in like a uniform kind of. Like they're wearing the, those purple suit things. And he has like a little army of helmet people. His just goons of helmet people. And Shegu-san kind of reveals why he's doing his thing. Like, he's a foreigner. And I think he was also a latent criminal. He says it later. Uh, And so he says, like, I suppose I should feel grateful for this country, but I don't. So there's that that little moment. And then at this time, like, our main team. I call them our main team. It's Kogame, Akane, and Redhead Kid. Oh, uh, Kagari. So we got Kogami, Akane, and uh, Kagari. Are gonna go uh, attend to this, uh, a certain group of rioters. And it's pretty cool. So they tried just talking. <laughs> Akane gets on the little, on the mic and it's like, hey, like, stop rioting, people. Doesn't work, obviously. Kagari wants to run them over. Yeah, Kagari. So I just I've... step on the gas. I'm with Kagari. Like, why not? You can't, you don't have any other weapons, so you might, because, like, these people are in the middle of, like, beating somebody to death, so I would not feel bad if they had just ran them over. Akane has a conscience, though. Akane does. So, um, Kogami ends up throwing one of his grenades, and so it shocks, like, probably, like, half the crowd, and then the rest surrender. I'm gonna say, though, the way that the chief was like, be careful where you throw the grenades, you know, they can knock out like important city functions that grenades radius was not that big it didn't take out like if you watched this episode it didn't take out the back half of that group like things down i don't know why we were so worried about like 
You have to be aiming for a city function. Yeah, like like if a crowd was in front of a city function, then you probably wouldn't want to throw the grenade in that situation. I mean, the radius is small, but effective or good scare tactic at least. This is where Kogami kind of says, you know, he he sees both the helmet people and the non-helmet people as victims, and he kind of surmises that. Makishima must have planted the rumors. Also, did you hear that big word I use? Surmises? I don't know where that came from. I thought that was that Tyra Banks thing she always says. What? You know, do you never have you never watched um, America's Next Top Model? Yeah. Are you talking about Smize? Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) Smile with your (laughs) eyes. Smize. Yeah, Kohume was like (laughs) he he smiles. No. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> is that not what you meant? No, that's not. Uh, that's not. That's not what I meant. Uh, um, okay. So, Kanga kind of figures out <laughs> that uh, it's it's Makashima. He must have planted a bunch of rumors online to to incite these riots. And why? Why would he do that? Because you know Makashima always has a reason, and they. They put together that all the cops, all two teams of the cops, are being um, are away from this tower, Nona Tower, and that that is probably his real target. I also found this part again, like this anime hits close to home, guys. Like every episode, but one of them is talking about how the media and all the news that's coming in. I think Akane says like the media should not be like adding to the fire. They shouldn't be like adding to the panic. They should be trying to calm it down. And I'm like, man, sometimes the media do be like end to the fire it does and then the internet with its rumors you know gets a lot of information mixed up so yeah they they get pretty close to like what's happening now so on the next kind of plot line or on the side we have uh shegu-san he's talking to makashima and he's explaining why he picked nona tower and he he had basically so apparently shegu-san's like a really good hacker and uh he figured out that like all the all the communication for sybil goes through this one area which is nona tower but he finds it weird that there's not a lot of like power usage going like for something that's supposed to support a massive system if they were using servers that would take a lot of power but it's not and he's wondering why why would you put something that's so important like again if you're thinking it's servers why would you put all the servers in one place for an easy attack and they kind of and i don't remember if makashima said it or if it was shegu-san but they say you know there must be something so big that security like that that kind of security isn't out doesn't outweigh what they want to hide i will just say like this anime has been a bumpy road for me every time i think i'm out they get me back in and this kind of cliffhangery things draws me back in <laughs> yeah definitely so i think that brings us to episode 16 the gate to judgment the team splits up and enters nona tower to face off against makashima and kagari comes face to face with the secrets of the civil system in the basement it's very interesting seeing another team split up into two people makashima and shegu san are like okay let's split up into two groups one goes up one goes down and and they're doing this because um the basement they he can see on the old like schematics or whatever that there is a basement level but on the new stuff the stuff they they show to the public it only goes down like one or two levels 
So they know, like, that's where the thing is supposed to be. Um, Shegu-san had also said, like, oh, at the top, that's where the most power is being put through. Uh, there's, like, an antenna up there. So Makashima's like, okay, I'll go up there to the... Um, and he already guesses, like, oh, Kogami must be on his way kind of thing. So he's like, I'm going to go up there to divert Kogami and you go down. And they kind of do this, they do this split up thing. And I guess because they know that the group's coming and our group, was it? Who calls? Does it, Akane calls Ginoza and it's like, hey, we're going to, we're going to do this instead. Yeah. And Ginoza, I think it was maybe last episode, maybe this episode. Either way, he, he, he was stressed out about it. Like he was like, so you guys aren't in like your your area, and they were like, look, just trust us, like you know, go with this. So it seems like the riots seem to subside, or like Ginaza's team seems to have everything un- under control. So now they're on their way to the tower, but they're not there yet. And Ginaza stresses again that Makashima's got to be taken alive. I wonder if it's because that Akane was like, we really think Makashima's here, and Ginaza's is like direct orders from Chief, like you must take Makashima alive. That's the most important thing, and I. I don't think we can trust Kogame to take him in alive and I don't know I don't know if Akane could do the right thing you know or like if it comes between killing him and taking him alive I feel like he's like I can't trust these two I need to be there myself yeah all right I think maybe he was just thinking about what the I think it's more he can't trust Kogami um because Kogami has been like again this is like somebody that he's been he didn't know it was him but like a, a case that he's been following since his partner died so that's a lot of emotion there and then of course Akane has like her own beef with him yeah and she's been standing up to Gina's on like more these past few episodes she's kind of coming into her own instead of being like subordinate to him Mm -hmm. so kogami akane and kagri as we said they're already at the tower they split up kagri goes down and the other two goes up and if you're wondering like why would they do like you know two on one um he thinks kagri mentions that makashima is probably more dangerous than whatever is going on downstairs so this whole time they're they are on comms with Xion. So she's directing them around the building. And then she also says like, hey, you once you go up there, you can't use those EMP grenades at the antenna. Because that would take down Sybil, right? Yeah, that would take down like the whole system. So here's where we have two storylines. And I tried my best to break it up a little bit. So we're going to have Kogumi and Akane. Kogumi gives Akane a helmet so that they can't use her psychopaths against them. Which is very clever thinking. And again, this is why I'm not a detective. And then also Kogami knows he, he, you know, he, he has a lot of like hunches. So he knows that the top is a, is a diversion, but like his whole goal has been to, to take on Makashima. So he doesn't really care. So they're, they're making their way upstairs and then we run into another helmet guy. So they run into another helmet guy and Kogami is like dominator time. He can't hide his hue behind uh, Akane's hue because she's wearing the helmet. Well, they forgot about someone else who's in the area. That's Makashima, who's got like the purest hue of anyone that's ever graced this earth. So helmet's not going to work or the decoy helmet plan's not going to work out for them. Yes. And Akane ends up getting hurt. Like, so they have like these, these nail guns that they're using and Akane gets shot in the leg and she's like, all right, like just go on without me when the bleeding stops. I'll I'll go there. And I kind of liked this moment because like, he's so bent on like revenge, but you can tell he cares enough about her. Cause he's like, Oh, but you're hurt. Um, I don't know. Do you think if she was like, stay with me, he would stay. (laughs) Like he'd be like, you wrap that up and I'm going to continue. No, I feel like maybe he would have waited or, you know, cause he already was hesitating. 
But anyways, so he goes up and this is where Kogami and Makishima face off. And they have a pretty, like, you just have to watch it. I feel like it, it won't do it justice to describe their fight scene. But they, they get into, like, their fight scene. And then it starts to look like that Kogami is going to lose. Yeah, it's a pretty cool fight scene because Makashima is, like, dance fighting again. And it's so graceful. I could I could just watch Makashima fight. I enjoyed seeing, like, the way he moves. He's got really long legs. Yeah. I mean, they both, you know, we've seen Kogami box with the, the little machines before, so it was kind of cool to see him use use everything in action. But he does get, like, I think he's down on his back, and uh, you think this is it for him. And Akane comes in and hits Makashima in the back of the head with a helmet. And we have this little moment where, like, Kogami is like, like, go ahead and do it. Like, kill him. Like, finish him off. And this is where she has the flashback of the one cafe scene that she has with her friend. And the murder of her friend. She yeah. flashes back to the murder as well. Yeah, it's like between the murder and the, and the cafe scene. And she decides not to do it. She's like, Makashima, you're under arrest. And I wonder if that's a Hugh thing or like she just doesn't have the courage. I think that's I mean, just part of her personality. Most like, you know, she's got that main character energy. So they, they have like very strong morals. So for her, even though she wanted to give in to, you know, getting that kind of revenge, she, she goes with justice. And that's why we love Akane, I guess. I guess. So kind of kind of running it back. We're going to follow Kagari's storyline on this. And this is all, it's all happening simultaneously when you're watching this. But comms is lost. Like, Kagari figures out, like, he can't talk to Shion anymore. And this is where he encounters his first helmet dude. And this is actually where we see that they're using a nail gun. Because I don't think, when Akane got shot, I didn't realize it was a nail gun. Oh, they looked like nail guns to me. So I always thought they were nail guns. And I don't think we've seen guns other than the human hunter guy. Yeah, so world. I was just like, whoa. Like, I kind of figured, like, they they just had been given guns if that human hunter guy could get them. But to me, when Kagri gets shot, he kind of, he pulls out, like, a long piece of nail. And then that's where I realized that. For me, uh, at least. But, so... After he, he takes down that first helmet dude and then Shegu-san is talking through the walkie-talkie so he picks it up and Shegu-san starts trying to convince him pretty much like, hey, like you're a dog, you know, you should, you're just like me. Why not like join me in taking down the system? And I think it's, I wouldn't say it's working on him, but like, he's like, yeah, I mean, you make good points. It's not like I'm not thinking those things. But he also is like, you're also trash. Like, I think that you, he, he pretty much tells him like, I hope that you destroy the civil system before I get down there and kill you. Which is like, it's, I mean, it's per like, he doesn't like the civil system, but he doesn't like people taking the law or like them thinking of themselves as gods and they can control what other people do or like who gets to live and who doesn't get to live. Yeah. Um. So... At this point, like, Shegu-san, when it flashes down to him, he's trying to break into the final door. Like, he says, like, he's at the core of the Sybil system. So, Kagari, he, he gets down there, he approaches Shegu-san, and, like, the doors are open, and Shegu-san is, is recording. And at this point, we can't see what's happening. Like, everything's kind of, like, behind them is just a bright light. So, you don't know what it is he's recording, but he was like, I don't even have to blow this up. When the people see this, the Sybil system will go down. And, I mean, he's not lying, because we see it in the next episode. But at this moment, the chief shows up, which is like so random that the chief lady is there. 
with a Dominator. And I was like, well, that's pretty badass, though, seeing her out on the field. But you see that her body is, like, messed up, like, the way she's walking. And, well, first she shoots she shoots and kills Shegusan. That's, like, quit. It was almost anticlimactic with that. But you see that her body's, like, all messed up. And she's a robot. Like, you see, like, very robotic looking. I think there was, like, parts showing, too, right? I didn't understand this because is it because of the nail that he shot at her that all this happened? Because he I shoots don't... the nail when she shoots the dominant and you see both of them go past each other. Oh, but that's a lot of damage. I don't think a nail would, would do so, that. Like if a nail hits a robot in the right spot, does it like, but she is a robot. I feel like that's the takeaway. That's the takeaway is that she's a robot. And then she turns her gun onto Kagari and she actually, so you can kind of, it's almost like her hand is like fused with the gun or like there's something going on, but you can see she overrides the gun because for him, it would have just been a stun mode, but she, she overrides it to decomposer mode and his last words are just my luck huh this sucks oh this man sucks. doesn't that make you like him more i mean it sucks that you know this is it but that's a good end line though it is it is and that's the <laughs> that's the end of the scene too and i think that brings us to episode 17 which is called iron heart okay so some crazy secrets are revealed and everything isn't as it seems kogame is relieved from the case and makashima gets a visit from an unexpected guest so at this point, the city is destroyed. Um, Makashima's in custody, and now there's they're kind of rumoring that Kagari is just missing. Along with another Division Two enforcer. So mm-hmm. two people are missing. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, like, Akane's talking to Kogami, and she kind of asks, like, basically if, if they won, if this, like, you know, Makashima being in custody. Because I think for all of them, you get this feeling like, or they all have this feeling that this isn't over. This isn't done. And um, so Akane asks if they won. And I really like what Kogami says here. Um, he says, like, for pretty much in their line of work, they never win. He says, we only work when there's a victim. We lost before we started. And I'm just like, damn, that's kind of, like, that's kind of deep. And that's that's heavy. I feel like for homicide detectives... That's true. Like there, there is really no win because at the end of the day, somebody lost their life. And especially for them, they don't. The way I took it was that we we don't get to prevent something. We always show up when something's happened. Like they don't call us before a dead body is found. We only get there after a dead body is found. So we never get to prevent someone. For, like like what you said. Like it's just very sad. Sad Kogame. Yeah. At this point, Kogami's kind of wondering too. Um, they haven't. So they reveal that they haven't really had a, a like a trial in a really long time because they rely on the system so much. So he's wondering how the system is going to judge Makashima. And I, I, do you think they have judges still? Like, are there judges and courts? Well, I'm not sure because they said they haven't had had a case like that in a long time. So maybe it's something that they would have to put together or like figure out like how they're going to elect a judge for this. If if they were going to go that route, they don't. I also like seeing because this is like the day after the storm. Um, so it's like the day after the riots. And they're talking about how it was a psycho hazard mm-hmm. that happened to the city and like how psycho hazards are just like a disease that spreads through people. Yeah. So they kind of like they compare it to a pandemic. Like they say <laughs> pandemic and like basically it looks like the city looks like a pandemic swept through there. And I, I mean, I could see that because you have so many people who are so sheltered and so don't know what 
like extreme violence or violence looks like and then they're exposed to like the most extreme version of it i mean it's gonna break a lot of people well and then you also see that like a lot of infrastructure got you know messed up and and like so you see people they're kind of like in these shelters and they have like blankets over them and like doctors are checking them and everything so i i guess i can see like yeah how it would look like a mass pandemic because these people need to to get to the hospital and fix their cycle you know to fix their hues and get counseling for everything that that they had and so it was almost like you know like the bad bad vibes infected everyone to the extreme yeah here's where i thought uh ginaza was kind of a dick so i don't remember the joke makaoka did like he said maybe something like ginaza should be the judge and he kind of like he nudges him with like he does a little like joking elbow thing and then ginaza's like don't get too friendly enforcer i I would be like huh may their relationships growing but then there was like no moments where their relationship got any no even when he said that you could like i thought you were gonna make the argument that he was like joking but like ginaza was so straight-faced about it no i feel like ginaza's like I don't care that you're my dad. You're over there and I'm over here. Yeah. So the chief, we have Ginaza up in the office with the chief. She takes him. She says that she's taking the team off of the case. And Ginaza tries to like argue it. But then she blames Ginaza, this bitch, blames Ginaza for Kagami's disappearance. And is like, it's on you. Don't knowing that she killed him. Well, she can't say that. She's a robot, first of all. I know, but she's still, like, she didn't have, like, you can tell that she's trying to use him as the, what do they call that? Like, the patsy? The scapegoat? Yeah, the scapegoat. Well, yeah, everything. And she's like, you guys are off the case, and, you know, you can't even find your own guy. So, yeah, she's definitely, like, you're going to be the fall guy for this incident. Yeah. And then we kind of flash over. It's a lot of, like, scenes with the chief. Makashima wakes up, and the chief is there. And she's talking to him like she knows him. Like, she's like, it's good to see you again. And he's like, I've never seen you before. And then she's like, well, it's been a while. And I may look a little different. And at this point, I was like, oh, are we getting her as, like, rookie detective? And she was on the case? But nope, it's something totally different. And there was not even any... I feel like there were no clues of this. There's, there was no clues to this. She pulls out this book. And she's like, I need to return this to you. And like he he's like oh shit it, like the you know the the brain synapses click and he's he realizes and i didn't catch the name but it's the the original specimen case killer he's that he that's the one he loaned the book to and he was like well like what are you like you you didn't just get face surgery your whole body is is different and she kind of goes more into like kind of how that hunter was he had a full body robotic thing hers is even more like top of the line and she even like oh i hate this scene she like reaches into her eyes and like kind of pulls her eyeball out a little bit but her like fingers are like almost like they're wrapped around the back of it and then it's like gooey and she's kind of like showing like how human it looks and what a flex though she's like you know poor people couldn't afford this body yeah she's like this is the top of the line model well she even says like even like the the private rich person can't afford this body and uh so there's a lot of back and forth going on but i'm just going to talk about her reveal uh right now so she reveals that the brain that that body is being piloted by multiple brains and that in fact that the whole sybil system this whole time she's showing um makashima the recording shegu sans did the whole sybil system is brains and like so it shows the video and it's like these brains like in a jar just like being moved around in like electrical things like connected to it at first i was very upset about this moment 
Because I'm like, oh, they're taking people's brains and they're forcing them to be a computer. I thought it was like by force, but we find out that, well, I don't know. It may still be by force, but we find out that you have to be a certain type of person for your brain to be considered for this project. So you basically have to be what we were kind of talking about earlier, like, I guess, a sociopath. Because um, the, the symptom she d- she describes is like, you know, you're you're intelligent, you lack human empathy, like you're the type of person that looks at humans as like a thing in the zoo. Because uh, he, he says, like, oh, well, like, so much for an impartial system. And she's like, it is. Because, like, these people don't actually care about humanity. Or they don't have empathy for humans. And uh, so she says that there are currently 246 brains. And uh, I forgot how many, like, they need a certain amount to keep the whole thing running. But they're well over that amount. And she wants him to join them. Yeah, I think she's like, you need 200 brains to, like, just keep this thing flowing. And we got, like, extras just in case. But this system does seem like human error because these are human brains. And I mean, even though they're sociopath brains, like they still can think like it's not like they're completely unbiased. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe because it's that many of them because they're all community. She kind of she goes into this like really long speech. So they they all kind of communicate with each other and they all have to come to like that this conclusion. So I, I wonder if like that many together helps the biasness of things. But she does describe like basically she says like the pleasures of the body can only go so far, but the pleasures of the mind are limitless. Like if you do this, you can become a god. Like we're we're gods controlling all these people and making every decision like for these people's lives. And I feel like Makashima, I I don't know. He gives this look like hmm, I'm thinking about this, but we all know what Makashima truly wants. So before you get there, we we flash over and uh, somebody has found Kagari's gun like in the street. So our team is like investigating that. And they notice, like, oh, like, this has been just, like, some some part of it has been destroyed that's, like, very hard to destroy. And Maka, Makaoka is already, like, Kogami already thinks uh, Kagari's dead. And so Makaoka is like, man, this looks like a setup to make it look like he ran. So, and I think that it becomes important. I don't know if it becomes important this season or next season, to be honest. Back to Makashima. This is where they kind of, you see on the outside, they're not in an office. You look, you think that they're in an office this whole time, but they're not. They're traveling on some kind of like, like big, huge plane. And Makashima has figured this out too. And this is where he refuses to join. And he's like, look, we're, we're not in, in your office. And this is my, like he, he, you know, he loves telling his plans. Um, but well, I thought she, she says certain words. The way she describes about like what how they're what they're building they're in or where they're heading to or the building he's heading to, he's like, Oh, you drop clues unknowingly that we're in transit still. And he loves being right. He does. So he he attacks the chief and he ends up like I mean, again, it's just a robot anyways, but he attacks the chief and like like some reason like it's it's screaming like she's like no don't you know stop you know this and that and he says i didn't know you could still be afraid of dying after becoming a god and then here's my question is the brain in there no which is why i don't get why the robo chief was screaming like that maybe it's like oh no this body is so expensive so where's the brain it's those in the tower and they can control the body. But like the other robot guy, the human hunter, his brain was in there, right? Yeah. So I don't know. The way 
the chief was screaming at the end makes it seem like this is it. Yeah. Because, like, why even care if your body's going to get destroyed? I have, yeah, I don't know. Like, part of me is, like, wondering, like, maybe that's the only body they can get, or... I mean, they do lose their power, because, like, now the chief, I'm doing quotation marks, is dead. Yeah. So they won't have anyone on the top anymore. Possibly. Well, unless they have another body. Well, somebody has to know that the chief is dead. Oh, maybe no one knows the chief is in the airplane. Oh, that's very yeah. smart. That's why you're a detective. <laughs> so that's pretty much the end of this episode. Yes. So, like we do every week, we rate the episodes we just watched on a scale of one to five shots. So, how many shots are you giving these six episodes? I'm giving it like a four, four point five. I am giving these episodes i think i dropped down to a a two maybe last time we talked it's been a while but i'm going back to a four the i'm your father thing reveal and then the chief reveal and the brains Mm -hmm. this show's got me hooked and i feel like less gruesome murders these six episodes than we had last time we watched really even the girl like getting beaten on the street i think the the schoolgirls getting turned into statues is worse for me I don't know why that disturbs you so much. Like it, those things haunt me. That's Our so TikTok weird. Haunts me. So not the girl at the beginning screaming and getting raped, but the the statue girls. Yeah, I don't know. They, whatever. What freaks me out freaks me out. <laughs> the statue girls freak me out. Okay. But next week we'll be watching episodes eighteen through twenty-two. So finishing off Psychopaths, and we'll be announcing our next anime for the month of May. So you can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram. They're all at the Anime Bar. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave us a review. We would love to hear back from you guys. Also, like, share, and follow on all our social media. Yeah, retweet everything. But like always, cheers. cheers. I wanna be on top.